Welcome, welcome, hello, welcome, hello, and welcome. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. I'd like to welcome you to another live stream. We do these every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern. For those of you that don't know where the mountains are, glad I could be with you tonight. Let me just check stream health. Yes, yeah, stream's looking good. Okay, looks like we're doing okay. Could I get a mic check? Just folks let me know if they can hear me all right, and then we'll get going. Um, so we do this every week, like I said, and we start off with the shipping report. I'm happy to report there were no losses since I last talked to you. So things are going well on the shipping front. Sound and pick is good. All right. Of course the pick is good. How could it not be? Look at this. <laughs> um, there was one thing, though, that I wanted to talk about in shipping, which is that I shipped someone a Congo spotted puffer. This is... Ooh, was it a week ago, two weeks ago? And they thought that I'd sent them a, a deformed fish. So I want to show you something about Congo spotted puffers. When they're babies, how they hold their tails. It's a little strange. And so I don't blame people for getting them being like, hey, you sent me a deformed fish. Let me share this with you. Um, so here's a little video I made of feeding the Congo spotted puffers. Um, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Let's just look at these tails so I can describe to you what, what I'm talking about. All right. So see this, how that little tail is kind of held at an angle from the body. And then you'll see more of them because they all do it right here. See this, how the, the tail goes like that, the body goes like that, and then the tail kind of juts off at like, I don't know, they kind of hold it up at like a 10 degree, 15 degree angle from the angle of the body, right? So body angle here, tail here. So let's let's see if I can find a, a better, yeah. See that? That kind of, I don't know, hockey stick shape. Let me just let it play for a second. Hopefully, I, I think I remembered to mute it. Yeah, I did. Okay, good. All right, here's another view. You can see him. Like this guy right here, right? Watch him. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Apparently, we can't watch him. But hopefully, you're, you're able to see what I'm talking about. Now, so um, that is actually normal. I know it looks weird, but with small Congo spotted puffers, especially while they're settling into a new tank, that's how they hold their tails a lot of the time. And it's not just me. I, I sent that video and I sent pictures of the fish in question and things uh, to Preston John. I was like, hey, you've bred and raised a lot of these. In my experience, they, they're like this and this is normal. Can you verify? Am I wrong? Like, set me straight here. And Preston was like, nope, that's totally normal for them to do that um, and not to worry about it. So I just want to bring that up. So if anyone buys a Congo spotted puffer in the future, just know that when they're small, the odds that you'll get them and that they'll be holding their, their tail in like a hockey stick shape is very normal. It doesn't mean they're sick or anything. It's just something they do when they're little, especially for the first few weeks while they settle in. Uh, Preston said that I think after about, oh, after a few months, I forget exactly how many months he said, then they stop doing it. 
but it's very normal for them to do it when they're, uh, you know, small and, and growing up. So I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. So that's the only issue I had is that a customer got one in, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, and was worried that he had got a deformed fish, like had sclerosis or something. But as far as we can tell, um, from all the pictures that the customer sent and everything, um, it actually looks like it's a normal fish, but it's just doing that kind of weird behavior, which I don't, again, I don't blame anyone for being a little weirded out by it. It does look, it, it looks weird. And so um, that's why I kind of confirmed it with a puffer breeder to make sure that I wasn't accidentally sending fish that were in bad shape. So that's the only thing. Um, that we've had to deal with that wasn't anything but love and roses over here at Dan's Fish. Now, let's get to tonight's giveaway, which is for these. So basically, when I do a giveaway, I walk around and I'm like, what's looking really good in the fish room? And there were a few different fish that were looking good, but these rosy tetras were looking really good. And I've only got like six left in the tank. So I was like, hey, I can fit six of those in a box. And that'll allow me to clear out a tank, which would be good because then I can put other fish in it. So tonight's giveaway will be for some rosy tetras. They're adults. They're looking nice. A um, couple things about these fish. So they're one that if you're starting a new tank or you're new to fish, they're pretty forgiving. These guys are pretty darn hardy. So if you're a newbie or you're starting a new tank, um, these are ones that are less likely than most to have issues. They get, the literature says they get a little over one and a half inches. I don't know. That's awful big. I think the biggest I've ever seen is some that were about a year and a half to two years old and were about an inch and a quarter. Big fatties. Like just huge, right? Um, so I would say about an inch and a quarter. So inch and a half, I think that that's like... I maybe they get that big, but that's big. Um, the nice thing about them, though, is they they have this deep body shape, right? They're not like a uh, let's let's look at a rummy nose tetra. So a rummy nose tetra has this long, thin torpedo shape, right? Whereas the rosy tetra has a nice deep body shape. That means that you can keep it in a community tank with larger fish because the body's too deep for the fish to easily eat it. So fish that could easily eat like rummy nose tetras are going to have a hard time eating these rosy tetras. So you can probably keep them just fine with even with full grown angelfish and it won't be a problem as long as the rosy tetras are, you know, grown up a bit, not not teeny tiny little guys. But, you know, you, you get what I'm saying, right? It's a it's a hamburger, not a hot dog. <laughs> um, so the other thing about them is they look similar to some nippy tetras, like let's say a serpe tetra. These little guys, in my experience, can be pretty darn nippy. They're beautiful. And they look very similar body shape and things. But the nice thing about the rosy tetra is you get that look without the aggression. Rosy tetras are very peaceful. In fact, I, I've never had a problem with them. I. Everyone's experience is different, but I've had them with long fin guppies and things. And they didn't even bother them. Whereas a lot of fish will pick at those long flowing fins. So I think they're a really good fish, peaceful, hardy, colorful. When they display, you know, the tetras, how the, the males will get up and swim next to each other and their fins are all spread out and they're showing off. 
um, kind of dancing around. They're really, really pretty fish. So that's that's most of what you need to know about these guys, other than they're, they're super easy. They'll eat anything. They can take temperatures in, say, from, I don't know, low 70s up to the low 80s. A wide variety of parameters, so they're, they're not a problem fish at all. So that is what we're going to give away because they're looking really good, and that will allow me <laughs> to clear a tank, which I'm always trying to do. Um, and to enter, if you would like to the possibility of, of getting some of these rosy tetras, just enter hashtag rosy, R-O-S-Y. I did it, Candy. Nice and easy. And... Um, it, later on in the, the live stream, we'll do a drawing. And if you're drawn, then I'll mail them to you for free. You don't have to pay shipping or anything. It's just a totally free giveaway just to make it kind of more fun around here, make it more interesting. So that's what's going on for the giveaway. Hashtag Rosie, R-O-S-Y, if you would like to get some. And I, I know it's not like, you know, fancy pleco or, or something like that crazy that it's interesting when I watch how many people are viewing, I'm like, all right, I'm going to list some, some Roseline barbs. I'm like, okay, I know a lot of people will be here because a lot of people are like, what? I can get those for free, you know, and all that. So, but I just list what looks good or what looks good. And I'm trying to move sometimes depending on the situation. And honestly, if people are just coming for the giveaway, I'm not that excited to have them here. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to do the giveaway based on what I think is the most popular. I'm just going to do it on what I've got and what looks good pretty much. So, all right, with that, let's move on to um, Nigeria did come. So I've got the order from Nigeria. It was a lot less than we ordered. So basically they're they're at the cusp of the seasonal change they're heading into the rainy season now which means it's harder for them to collect fish so there's certain fish they just not they don't have access to um as the rainy season starts all the bodies of water grow and get big and so it's harder to get to the fish sometimes so we, we got some really cool stuff i'm not going to go into it in detail today next week i will next live stream uh wednesday of next week I'll go into detail on what came in because I'll be listing stuff um, for purchase later next week. But I don't want to do that now and get this flurry of emails of like, hey, hold these for me and I want those and could you hold those for me and I, you know, all that. So I want to, I want to kind of keep things efficient, not have to deal with that email storm <laughs> until next week when they're about ready for sale anyway. So I'll tell you all about it then. They came in, I, I tried a different, um, I went with a broker this time, which is new experience for me. And I was really happy with how they handled things. They're very professional. Um, I could get a hold of them and um, they got back to me right away. And I'm not saying that the other person I was using didn't, um, but when it's interesting, you'll find sometimes maybe you've done this. If you've tried to import some special bettas or guppies or something, and you've had to use a trans shipper and you're on aqua bit or whatever, and you go to buy the guppy from Indonesia and, um, or Thailand or the betta from Indonesia. And it's this special koi betta that you've wanted forever. Right. And so you look at the list and you call the trans shipper. Um, sometimes 
people in this industry just are bad at communicating. They don't get back. You have questions. You're anxious. They don't respond. Hopefully, I'm not too much in that category. I do try to respond. Like if you emailed today, I would try to get to you by the end of the day tomorrow. Um, so that's kind of check number one is like when you're dealing with a large import does this company or this person respond and communicate well? And they did. They were very responsive. Um, they gave me recommendations, but still listened to me when I was like, no, I want this many heat packs in there and I want this and that and the other thing. Um, and so they were good to work with. So I'm encouraged by that. And um, I'm looking in the possibility of bringing in some stuff out of uh, Indonesia through them as well because that port is closer to Indonesia than Texas or Florida. Um, I have also reached out. Some, some folks suggested when we were talking about bring, finding a broker and things a couple live streams ago that I contact Predatory Fins. And uh, I did. I contacted Rodrigo. Um, that's his name, right? Rodrigo, right? Uh, now I feel bad if I got it wrong. And we're, we're talking back and forth. I don't know if it'll work out or not, um, but uh, they're really responsive over there. And, and so we're, we're at least in a discussion about it. So thanks to those who had that suggestion. Um, I also found an, a broker in New York that might be usable, although New York is so cold in the winter, I don't know what the advantage will be there necessarily, but it's, it's just something else to, to consider. So Yep. Looking, we're on the broker train. We found one, we used them, we like them. And that's good because as we go forward, legally, we're kind of forced to use brokers because once you start shipping in um, high dollar values on your shipments, like over a couple thousand dollars or so, uh, two and a half to five thousand dollars, I think, depending on where you're at, then um, then you you have to use a broker. So we're, we're doing that. And we don't want to do any of those shenanigans that sometimes the industry does where it's like you place your order and there's the secret, there's the real invoice and then the secret invoice that they send that's a lot less so that it can clear customs without a broker and all that stuff. We, we want to be completely above board. So we're, we're getting that set up. Um, Anyway, um, that's it, I think, on Nigeria for now, other than to say they're settling in. Got some really cool stuff, and I'm excited to share it with you, but I'm not going to do it yet. Um, and with that, let's see, did I forget anything? Oh, yeah. So, um, oh, actually, I can't say that yet. There's a couple of things in the works, but I can't say them yet. Um, we're, we have a... Uh, something we're really excited about that's going to start happening in May on the YouTube channel. We hired someone to help with marketing and producing videos and things. And um, we've been trying to figure out the best thing to do to add value. Basically, we never want to do anything that is just buy our stuff, buy our stuff, buy our stuff, right? We want to try to find ways to add value and, and um, instead of just sell, sell, sell. So we, we found something we're pretty excited about that we're going to launch in May. And um, hopefully you guys will be excited about it too. But I, I, was, I almost just told you what it was. But then I realized Chris, the guy that I hired to help me with that, he'll kill me. 
<laughs> he, he's, he's like planning this big reveal and stuff. So I can't do that yet. So <laughs> um, anyway, with that, let's go ahead and get to your questions and comments. If you've got any, if you want to chat with me, if you just leave a question or comment, um, make it at Dan's Fish so it highlights an orange for me, then I will scroll up and start with those. And based on how that goes, we'll see how long the live stream goes today. Um, oh, the other thing, this is a little tangent, is um, I don't know if you can still see it or not, like around my eyes and stuff. But if I look extra puffy today or kind of rashy and stuff, it's because I found out I'm allergic to mango. Um, so <laughs> I was eating some delicious mango and then a little while later, just I got all puffy and uh, itchy and rashy and stuff. And so um, I think it's mostly gone now. But I still feel it like on my lips and my eyes and stuff. So if you're wondering, you know, what's going on, why I look weird besides the normal weird, why I look extra weird today, um, that's why. Or if my voice is a little extra scratchy and stuff. Um, found out the hard way. I'm allergic to mango, which is horrible because I love mangoes and they're perfect right now. They're like, it's the season where they come in in good shape. They're, they're just perfect. But I guess I just ate my last mango. Which is the other odd thing. I've, I've eaten mango, you know, frequently throughout my life. I don't know why this time um, it happened, but whatever, there we are. Orange cones. Says rosy tetras okay with lemon tetras? Yes, absolutely. In fact, the rosy tetras I have are in with some lemon tetras right now and have been for several months. So, yep, that's not a problem at all. Similar body shape and stuff, just different color schemes. So you get some red and some yellow in there. Yeah, look pretty good. Preston Johnson, thanks for the live stream. Preston, thanks for your advice and helping me out you know this week with the congo spotted puffers when i had questions about them and putting my mind at ease because i was like well i think this is normal from what i've seen that funky tail thing is normal but maybe i should ask someone who knows <laughs> so i'm glad i was right if not i would have had a lot of emails to a lot of customers have been like hey i sent you a fish uh, i thought i thought this was good but apparently this is not good is everything going okay or do I? Oh, refunding all the Congress spotted puffers would not have been fun. Fish dreams. I've had the best luck with Dan's fish. Just saying, not that I haven't had luck. <laughs> That's, I like how you did that fish dreams. I've had the best luck with Dan's fish. Not that I haven't had any luck before. It's like Dan's fish are horrible, but they're better than what I had before. I'm glad you qualified that so people know it's not that. <laughs> anyway, glad you're here. I'm, I'm glad the fish are doing well for you, and, and thanks for ordering and supporting us. I mean, it's what keeps us going. Been, uh, oh, two and three-fourth years now, I guess, that I've been doing this full-time. Two and three quarters, pretty much. And it's it's going well, and I'm so happy. Because honestly, if I wasn't, if it wasn't 
making it, if I wasn't able to make a living and see a, a potential future long term, because what I'm doing right now is not like long term, like it's, it's growth stage, right? It'd be kind of unfair to my poor family to be like, those ramen wages I'm making now, in the hopes that one day we would get to like, you know, SpaghettiOs or, hey, maybe even some like, some like frozen pizza, you know? <laughs> well, we're not getting there. We're staying at ramen for the rest of our lives. You know, I can't do that. So it's, it's awesome to see the support grow. And, um, you know, we're just trying to do a good job. We're, we're trying to do what we feel is right, which is treat the fish with respect so that the customer has success with the fish that we sell them. It's kind of that easy. Um, as far as the philosophy goes, the philosophy isn't hard. Um, what is more difficult is first figuring out the processes and procedures to make that actually happen. And I think we have, I think we're doing well. Um, and then it's just a question of, well, that's a lot of extra work to make that happen. And there's a lot of extra expense to make that happen. So will the market bear that? Are people willing to pay, if a fish is normally 10 bucks, are they willing to pay 11 or 11.50 or something like that to get it from us instead of somewhere where they could only get it 10 if they understand the difference? And I think I'm happy, I think I'm safe in saying that, um, I'm happy to be able to say that, that there is a difference and people do notice. So. I think it's going to work. Speaking <laughs> of making a difference, I'm not perfect. I did screw up on Rico Stan's order and sent him a, a rose line that was skinnier than I would have normally sent out. But I've got a comment here from Rico Stan who says, the skinny rose line looks great. I have a hard time picking him out of the group now. Awesome. So he's he's fattened up and is, is doing well. I'm glad to hear that. And Rico Stan, as always, if if some sudden thing happens and it's like, Oh, it was recovering, but now it's still a problem. You know, let me know. I'll take care of you. Who's that? Ginger Graves is throwing money at us. Ginger Graves throwing down $4 and 99 cents. My bed has arrived in great shape. Excellent packing as always party on face hats or party on faces with party hats, I guess. Hey, Ginger. Thank you. I appreciate the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it does make the wife super happy when money falls from the sky like that. And just so folks know, I, I don't do this for the Super Chats. Um, I do this, well, there's a couple of reasons. One is I enjoy it. You're like my fish community. You're like my local fish club that I don't have. I live in too small of a town to really support a local fish club. And I don't know, I guess that's the main reason is I enjoy it. I enjoy this fish fam community, but also, man, Sometimes I'm so darn busy that I just can't make a video, like shoot it and edit it and plan it and everything. And so this is a way, <laughs> you know, if it takes four or five hours to make a simple video, um, I can spend an hour and a half with you guys here and then we're done. And so it's like, okay, good. I got something out there. I didn't lose touch with the community. Um, it's just something I can do. Luckily though, now that... Um, we've got Chris on board helping with videos and things, I, you know, we're, we're able to do some more. And so, and it's a just, it's a bit of an adjustment because Chris comes from the marketing world. And so he's learning basically 
the Dan's Fish way and kind of the Fish Fam way too. It's, um, you know, it's different. Most marketing people come from the, the background of sell, sell, sell. And the way they do that is they try to, it's basically interruption marketing. And I'm not saying there's no shade on Chris. I'm just talking about marketers in general. It's uh, the, the ethos of your general marketer is how do we get this in front of people's eyeballs? And there's this funnel. And if we get two people out for every hundred, then the goal is to get, if we're getting a hundred in the funnel now, then we want to get a thousand by the end of next quarter. And then we want 10,000, right? It's just, how do we get in front of more people so we can get that result from the funnel, this equation to work. Whereas what, what I want to do is not that. What I want to do is be a good part of the community, add value and have the word of mouth spread because um, those that way you end up with a customer base which cares and is loyal instead of a customer base which churns all the time because um, because you interrupted them and enough times that they finally clicked on your your interruption your little ad or whatever that popped up so um, so Chris is he's fine with that and I'm not, again no shade on Chris or anything but um, just figuring out how to adjust to kind of that way of doing things and he's doing really well he's come a long way and I, I think he's I think he's gonna do great for us so I'm really excited to have Chris on board so Chris if you're watching oh speaking of Chris let me show you this after I shout out to mainly Bettis who threw 20 bucks at me thanks for being you it's like a Hallmark card <laughs> mainly Bettis right back at you thanks for the super chat it really helps um, but let me show you some work Chris has done. So you may recall we've been working on our logo, trying to figure it out. Um, and it's the logo. I, I want to clarify hasn't been like the big priority. We've done nothing the last couple of months, but try to figure out the logo. Um, it's not that at all. Um, all the logo is to me is something that once when you glance at it, you know what you're, you know what you're getting into, right? So if you see. The Golden Arches, you instantly know, okay, that's McDonald's, right? If you see the Dance Fish logo, we want you to instantly know that's Dance Fish. But that's all it is. It's a quick shortcut to recognition. That's it. But the reputation, the relationship, all that, that's not, that's what's important. I think you could run a very successful company without a logo, for sure. Um, kind of in the Seth Godin school of that stuff, which is, put out the work, add the value, put out the work, add the value, um, and do things that are valuable enough to people that if one day you disappeared, they would miss you, right? So it's not like we've been like, this logo is going to change the company or anything like that. We're just trying to get a good professional logo so that we look like we're up in our game. So off and on over the last couple months, we've been playing with it. And this is what you last saw. We were kind of well, you last saw lots of different things, but this was one option. And what we're going with, I think, is this, which is similar, but a little different. So we made the tail a little squiggly to try to make it less like a manta ray. We separated the anal fin. See here how it's kind of connected all this. Um, 
we we separated that out just so that the anal fin reads a little better and we got rid of the so on this one here's the ventral fins and here's kind of the the pectoral fins a little bit that were sticking down in the original picture so we got rid of these and, and tried to clarify it by just having taking the ventral fins and cheating them and moving them up a bit. So we, we took some liberties, but this is, uh, this is where we're at right now. Um, and I think this is about where we're gonna, gonna stick as far as the logo goes. So we've been, for those who are wondering, cause we, you know, talked about it a couple of live streams ago and asked for you guys' feedback and all that. We listened to the feedback. We looked at what we had, we considered and played and that's where we're at so far. Um, I think we're close that I think that's it or pretty darn close to it. Now I think it's more a matter of, um, what are the, what are the best colors and things like that? But I kind of like that one that I just showed you. I, I think it's, it's coming, it's coming along pretty nicely. More people are throwing money at me. Hey, I love it. Adam Fiegel threw down five bucks and Adam, if you left a comment, I can't see it yet because Again, YouTube is doing this thing where it's like, I can scroll down that much, but I can't see any more. So once I can see the comment, I'll shout that out if there is one. Kids Aquatics, letting people know how to get my attention at Dan's Fish, orange box, right? Um, thanks, Kids Aquatics, for doing that. And thanks to my other mods as well for being here. Appreciate you all doing what you do every week to make this happen. So this comment is just hi. That's it. So hi back at you. I'm just trying to figure out how to say this. <laughs> Noobster? I think it's Noobster. Noobs? Noobster. Something like that. Well, hello. That, that sounds exactly like the type of username my kids would come up with. Noobity Noobster. <laughs> Noobiest noob, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> anyway, hi back at you. Glad you're here. Swamp Thing, warehouse update. Oh, yes. So um, <laughs> here's where we're at in the warehouse. So a couple weeks ago, the contractor was like, okay, stuff's into the city. Um, the city had already approved sewer and water main and maybe something else, but we're still waiting. Oh, wait, I think the electrical as well, I think. Um, but we're waiting on the, in the drainage plan too, but we're waiting on the, the actual building and maybe the plumbing they're still reviewing, I think. Something like that. Plumbing HVAC in the building itself, I believe. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly how it's divided up. Anyway, We've been working with the city from the get-go. Um, they're in the loop. They know the project front and back. So Rod was my contractor. One of the guys, anyway, yeah, the contractor was like, um, it's like, yeah, we all know what's going on. So this should go through real quick. So turn in the plans and from, from what he thought and the discussions and, and things thought that be ready within a week, maybe two at the most to have those approved. Well, Something has happened at our local city uh, hall where there used to be five people whose job it was to inspect and approve plans and things like that, right? Well, 
there's only one now. And this, this happened very recently within the last few weeks. So it's, something's going on. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if someone made everyone angry and they quit. I don't know if just in weird circumstance, people moved away. I don't have a clue. But the point is, when we were, <laughs> a little while ago, there were five people doing this job of inspecting and all that. Now there's one. And so basically with that, there's been a delay because they don't have the people right now that they had just a couple weeks ago. Um, so we're still waiting for the plans to get reviewed. So unfortunately, looks like maybe next month we'll be breaking ground. So it's not good news. It's a little disappointing. Um, but basically what happens when I get news like that, I give myself about 10 seconds to feel all bitter and then I'm like, okay, let it go and move on. Because I learned a while ago that it doesn't really help to get mad about stuff I can't actually change. And I, I literally can't change this. Um, there's one person doing the job that was used to be done by five. That's just the reality. So I can't change that. I have no power over that. So yeah, that's where we're at. So basically, I'm doing what I can do. So I started assembling. Well, I started a little while ago. I'm, I'm working on assembling um, all the the manifolds for the plumbing. So it's two inch pipe with quarter inch uh, valves off of it to feed all the tanks. And we have to do kind of quarter inch valves. We can't do the normal little valves. We have to do the bigger valves so we can handle the um, the amount of water we're putting through each tank each hour because it's significant. Um, we're working on finding someone to do all the dado cuts on all the vertical supports for the tank racks. So we've got a couple people that are, I guess, kind of bidding on that, you could say, so that they can do all that. So we can concentrate on, on other stuff. <laughs> and the aquariums are still slated to arrive early May. So the plan is by the end of April to have all the water manifolds done. Um, then by the end of May, have all the tanks painted and drilled and have the air manifolds done. The air manifolds are quite a bit easier, so that'll take less time. So that June 1st, which is the deadline to have the vertical rack uh, legs datoed out and ready, so June, we'll get those, and by the end of June, have the racks all assembled, so we're ready for July 1st to move into the building, even though with these delays, it's probably going to be uh, later July or August before we can take occupancy, would be my guess. But again, it's construction. There's so many pieces of it I don't control, but I'm just controlling what I do control, right? What I, what I can do, and getting everything ready so the moment we have occupancy, we're kind of ready to slide everything in and get it set up quickly as opposed to, Hey, we can take occupancy. Let's start assembling these water manifolds, right? We don't want to do that. So, so that's where we're at. Tesla aquatics. We have a new moderator. Wait, no. Who is that? Kids aquatics, new moderator. If that happened, that was me trying to scroll and accidentally clicking on something. But who are you seeing, Kelly's Aquatics, that's a new moderator? 
No, we have the same mod crew that we've had for oof, a couple years now. Well, I'll keep an eye out. Did I accidentally mod somebody? Did I give someone a wrench without meaning to? I'm not sure. Kids Aquatics, I don't think so. Frankie Fins, is it possible for Corridors to crossbreed? Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any common hybrids out there. Like any man-made Corys that have been made by hybridization. I can't really think of one. Um, but yeah, I believe that there's plenty of species that could crossbreed, sure. I Now... <laughs> Being that I can't think of one that's out there, maybe I'm wrong, but, but I don't think so. I'd be very surprised if they couldn't. Now, not all of them. So, quarries are in different, like, clads, right? Not clads, like tribes, if you will. So, depending on where they're at and, and who evolved with them most closely in, like, the family tree of the catfish, right? Um, you you kind of divide them out into different groups or tribes. So the ones that are in the same tribe are really closely related. I, I bet that they could hybridize without any problem at all. IHSP's tank tribe. Oh my goodness. Hope it gets all the way better soon. The mango face. Yeah. I mean, it's gone down a lot. If I had had to do this yesterday, y'all would have been laughing because my eyes like down here, um, my eye sacks, that's what I call them. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> they looked, it looked like I'd been punched in the face. They weren't real discolored. They were just pff, all swollen and puffy. My lips, I'd like duck lips. Hey guys, how's it going? This was me, you know? Um, yeah. Dave-o, how was the trip to the airport? So Dave, the it was so bad that I actually didn't go. I found another way to get the fish to me. I I, <laughs> I didn't make that drive. I was going to, and then I started reading the reports and stuff as, as it got closer, and I, I worked out a different alternative with the uh, broker, and I just had them sent to me UPS. So basically what happened was two things. The road conditions were looking like they were just getting really bad. And I didn't want to get on the freeway and then have them shut it down because they will do that here. They'll literally close the freeway. doesn't happen often, but in a storm like that, it can happen. Um, so that was one thing. Then the other thing that happened is the flight came in at a certain time. It came in in the afternoon and the inspection was done. And by the time the inspection was done, they couldn't get it on on a plane for that day anymore. So if I had gone to the, this is counterintuitive, but if I would have gone to the airport and picked it up, it wouldn't have arrived until 2 p.m. And by having them send it to me UPS overnight, I was able to get it by about 10 a.m. So it was just the quickest way to get the fish to me. It turned out based on the flight schedule and the inspection schedule for that day. And uh, the roads were so bad that... Actually, it ended up working for the best because if I had driven down there, um, the fish would have got to me later, oddly enough. it's This is another place where I have to get a little bit zen and be like, okay, I can't control it. I just got to let it go and, I don't know, clean some tanks instead, you know, because 
I, I can't control when the plane actually lands. I can't control when the inspector inspector actually inspects it um, or when the last cargo flight is that day, you know, all that stuff. So I just kind of roll with the punches and growing up on the beach in California, um, well, college at least, <laughs> I was in California, but necessarily, not necessarily on the beach most of the time, but uh, in college and stuff, I was down on the beach a lot. And uh, I liked kind of that surfer culture, like you don't fight the wave, you just ride it. If you fight it, you'll wear yourself out and not have a good time. If you just ride it, you'll have a good time. Might not be perfect ride every time, but at least you're having a ride. Swamp Thing. Mango found out the hard way, too. All right. <laughs> My duck-lipped mango brother. <laughs> that happened to me about 12 years ago. Have you been exposed to poison ivy? They are closely re related. Ooh, not that I know of. Uh, we have more like poison oak around where I grew up than poison ivy. So I don't, I don't think I've ever had poison ivy. Eric Rodriguez. Hey, Dan. Hope you are good. Hashtag Rosie. Back at you, Eric. Thanks for being here. And yeah, maybe you'll win some rosy tetras. Rick Tomschick, have you found electric blue cars to be picky eaters? Oh no. Mine stopped eating frozen bloodworms. However, the bottom of the tank is littered with empty snail shells. Could that be it? I mean, I, I guess they could eat the snails. I don't think that's a normal minor in with snails though. I've never seen them eat snails, but even if they were, I don't think that it's like, we're going to eat the snails and therefore refuse the bloodworms. Those guys are pigs. They would eat the snails and the bloodworms. And if you dropped in flake food, they would figure out a way to get some of that down too. So no, in my experience, they're not picky. They're, they're absolute pigs. In fact, you have to be careful not to feed them too much. With that being said, Merrick, please test your parameters. Um, because what could be happening, and I hope not, but what could be happening is there could be some parameter that's off and the snails could be, maybe the, the cichlids are killing them, but it could be that the parameters are off and the snails are dying from something else parameter wise. Um, and that could be why the acaras have stopped eating and things. So please check your parameters, make sure everything's on, on board because that could be like a canary in the coal mine situation where something's happening there that if you can get on it now, maybe you won't have a problem. Alicia AS, fish and wildlife here will confiscate any hypancistrus that does not have a species name. Exporters will miss ID on purpose to get the fish through customs. Huh. So you can't just ship a pleca with an L number? It has to... That's interesting. That's so weird. It has to be a named species before it can come in. Where are you at, Alicia? Um, if you wouldn't mind, could you let me know which, which city is your port of entry? Because... If I'm using that port of entry, I want to make sure I know that for future shipments. So I don't order, you know, I don't know, $20,000 worth of hype and sisters and then have the importer say, or the inspector say, nope, sorry, they aren't described yet. Ah, that'd be horrible. T-Fish, hello, do all of your tanks have one inch drain? Why did you choose one inch over three quarter inch? No, my, my tanks have three quarter inch drain. 
Yeah. So I don't, I don't know where you got that idea. It's a, it's a quarter inch um, feed in the warehouse because it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of water in the, the normal little plastic. And they're also metal. They're kind of heavy duty, the little plastic, normal, like uh, water valves that we usually use um, are not going to cut it, but the, but the three quarter inch drain can handle the drainage. So it's three quarter inch drain. Orange Gones, regarding mango allergy, did you come in contact with the peel? Oh, yeah. I mean, I held the peel. I cut the mango. I cut the peel off. I, I, yeah, of course. My sister can eat mango but cannot touch the peel or she develops rashes, face swelling, etc. Oh, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, I totally touched the peel. Absolutely. <laughs> I probably ate a little bit accidentally too. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't super careful about it. <laughs> Fish Dreams, I would love to have more Romino's Rasboras. Can you get those again? I can. Um, I'm just waiting for the warehouse. I know I say that a lot, but the reason is I have soft water here. And what I've discovered is I can get them in and they, they can do well, but it's a lot of work in soft water to get them to do well. So I'm waiting for the warehouse because I'll have access to harder water there. So once I have harder water, which they'll appreciate, then I'll bring them in again. Um, provided it'll be cool enough. I think it will be. I think I'll run the water in there 76 to 78 degrees or so. That should be fine for those Romino's Rasboras. But I'm, I'm holding off just because uh, all right, the water will be better for them in the warehouse. It'll be more to their liking. Um, let's see here. Sorry, chat jumped on me, so I'm scrolling down and pretty far behind i just got to ginger grace super chat <laughs> fishaholic howdy no notification again what i don't want to miss this stream many of your streams always useful info well i'm glad you like being here um if you hit the notification bell then i don't know then it's on youtube side don't know why but we i mean same bat time same bat channel every week unless like I don't know. I think once or twice I've been sick over the last few years on a live stream day or more likely every now and then I have to like drive down to Denver, Colorado to pick up a shipment or something like that on a Wednesday. I try not to. I try to have the import scheduled so they land when I'm not streaming, but with so few flights, honestly, for the last year or so, I've just been glad whenever I can get stuff in. So can't be too picky when the situation is, uh, what? I've been waiting for a year and they can, they can come. Okay. Send them, just send them. I'll make it work. Right <laughs> now I can read it. Adam Fiegel with five bucks. Hey Dan, I bought three Bozmane last week. Last week. I've noticed they're exclusively sticking to the very surface of the tank. Should I be worried? Maybe. Um, and maybe not. So it's, it's a good question, Adam. Is it like they're breathing at the surface? That can be a problem. So that can be a big indication that something wrong. If, if they're just swimming normally at the surface, probably not an issue. But if they're tilted up and like gasping at the surface, then that's probably an oxygen saturation issue. So either there's not enough oxygen in the tank or 
somehow they are compromised and can't breathe properly. Their gills are damaged or they have a parasite in the gills or they got uh, ammonia burn on the gills or something. But if they're swimming around towards the surface and are normal and aren't, aren't up and gasping, that, this is fish gasping, right? That's what that means. <laughs> then, um, then they're probably fine. Um, in that case, let's see, these were which one? I don't remember which location you got. Um, depending on how a tank is set up, where the decorations are, where the plants are, if there's plants or spawning mops or filters, and how the water flows through the tank, then fish can decide, hey, this is the most comfortable place for me and kind of stay in that zone. So I'd say if they're swimming regularly and aren't gasping, you're probably fine. Then it's probably just there's something about that tank where they're like, this is the most comfortable spot. We're going to hang out here. Um, and it could also be a security thing. They're still settling in. They're like, hey, if we hang up here, we've got this kind of surface at our back. We can feel a little more secure up here. And um, maybe as they settle in, then they'll, they'll go around. But I would suspect there's something about that tank that just with the flow and how it's set up that makes them easier for them to hang there is my guess. If they're gasping, though, send me an email, dan at dancefish.com or, or leave, leave something in the chat here. And I can uh, walk you through some possibilities. I'm not a veterinarian, though, just a hobbyist that tries to keep fish alive. So keep that keep that in mind if we if we end up talking about that. Nurse Beck is throwing down $9.99 with Pippi Longstocking, <laughs> cheerleading me on. Thank you, Nurse Beckus. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Anyway, Adam, do let me know if they're gasping because that's an that's an issue for sure. Joseph Morshimer. <laughs> this is funny. Joseph says, come on, you know that Chris guy is a figment of your imagination. Take your meds. Well, can't believe anything I don't see. <laughs> hey, maybe he's just in my imagination, but he's getting stuff done. So that's good enough for me. <laughs> Geek boy, it doesn't have the cowboy, which was on it last I saw. Oh yeah, the logo. Yeah, the steamboat cowboy rodeo logo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might at some point we might do something playful like that. Chevy fish, I still like the logo you already have. Maybe turn the fish horizontal instead of vertical. Yeah, I hear you. There is a fundamental flaw with it, though. I like it, too, and that's why I kept it for so long. But the fundamental flaw is that a lot of people look at that and don't realize it's a fish. It just kind of looks like an amoeba. So I like it, um, but I don't think as a logo it's as functional as it should be. Nurse Beck is, I'd wear some dance fish merch. Cool. Well, we aren't, uh, we got so much going on. We're not really strong in the merch game. I mean, I made a couple t-shirt designs like this. Um, I'm not wearing one, but basically this sticker, or can I get it to focus? Hide my face. Nope. Anyway, this 
is on a, a black t-shirt just like that like nothing fancy um and i i think i made oh jesus it's been two years when i put that on a t-shirt um i I probably check my Teespring account twice a year, so it's not something I really work on much. Um, but you know that is a cool logo. It is kind of up to our game. Maybe maybe we were doing a little merch stuff. Um, we'll look into that. I'd wear that hat. Like, yeah, I'd wear that. Um, honestly, I didn't, we didn't do that to, um, be a merch thing necessarily. It's just a way to look at the color scheme, um, on something real instead of just on your computer screen, if you will, on a white background computer screen. The other thing is I, I've, Maybe I'll maybe I'll throw one on Teespring and I'll buy it and see what it is like. Um, it's not necessary. I haven't been blown away by the stuff on Teespring to tell you the truth. Um, it's not horrible. It works, but it feels like it's like the cheapest quality possible. <laughs> I guess so. Maybe I'll look into it. Maybe the maybe you could pay some extra and get something a little better done. I don't know. I don't know when I'll have time to look into it. Hey, Chris, my imaginary friend. Maybe we'll get Chris on it. Oh, we are thinking about it. We have talked about it, but I haven't had the time to like dig into it seriously. So I've got this local t-shirt maker that I had make the shirts for the Wyoming Theater Festival when I used to produce that, that festival. <clears throat> and their quality was awesome. And then I... I did the Teespring t-shirt and I got one and I was like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, it, it works. It's a t-shirt, but for 20 bucks, I was like, Oh, so we'll see when I can think about it. Orange cone, since Dan has a theater background, the fish logo should have a top hat, a cane and tap shoes. Yes, 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 indeed. <laughs> Michael Meliere at dance fish has a wrench. Michael does. Oh, maybe I did wrench Michael. I probably did. So um, Michael has been helping us. Um, I gave, basically Michael's been helping out with kind of our efforts to do better stuff. I didn't realize I'd give him a wrench, but I did give him access to the YouTube channel because Michael's been going through. And so if you'll notice, I didn't realize that came with a wrench, but makes sense yeah um let me show you what i mean real quick so michael's been going through and making all the metadata work so that the videos we have work better on youtube so for instance this is a fish tour that i did a an import or two ago and what michael's done is gone through and like he divided it all up into chapters so you could, if you want to come look at the import and you want to see what's on this import or on this tour, I mean, you can come and you can jump straight to there. Hey, I want to see that fish or I want to see that fish. Right. Um, so, and by the way, thank you, Michael, for doing that. Like that had to have taken forever to watch that video, make all these little links 
and put it down here. But it, it makes it so much easier if you just are like, where was that fish in that, in that tour? You can go here, you can look. Where was the Singulata? Oh, it was there. And you click on it and it takes you, you know, right to it. There they are. So, so I gave uh, Michael uh, access to the YouTube channel so he could help with that and other metadata. So I guess, I guess that made him a mod. So welcome, Michael. I, I guess you're a mod now. <laughs> I didn't do it for that reason. I didn't realize that would have that outcome, but I trust Michael. I don't, I don't mind if he has mod power. And, and he's made a big difference too. Like if I look at, uh, I'm getting like comments and, and stuff on videos that no one's watched forever. And if we look at the uh, analytics and things, he's been able to revive some videos just by changing the metadata on them so that people can see them again because they weren't showing up for people before. So his work's making a difference and I appreciate it. Wild discus and other fish. I got an emperor gudgeon pair from you six months ago. They have grown huge and healthy, but the male shows no color, no red, just brown. Any hints? Are you getting more anytime soon? I have never seen that in a peacock gudgeon. Um, no, not that I know of. Like, I've never seen an ugly peacock gudgeon or a colorless peacock gudgeon. Could someone else in here chime in? Um, have you had males that lost color? And if so, do you know why? I have no clue unless they just got so big that it kind of that color spread as he grew and washed out or something. But no, it's not something I've seen. So I'm curious what other people, what's been your experience? If you have like a big old bulldog of a peacock gudgeon, have you seen that? If you had that issue and I do have a few more, um, I need to, I need to list some more. So I do have a few more. I, they're not big enough for me to sex very easily. So it'll be a bit of a gamble if you want a specific sex on them, but I definitely have some more in that tank. Chevy fish, new mod at 10 minutes after the hour. Yeah, so a mystery solved now. Yeah, when I gave Michael access to do the metadata, it must have given him access to be a mod as well. Okay, Kids Aquatics, hey Bob, question at Dan's Fish from Globe Gaming. Have you ever had any bikers any tips for breeding them so i have had bikers but um and i used to care for some big old ornatus uh plipterus ornatus or is it ornata pinnis the ornate biker um when i was a kid growing up because my fish godfather jim forche had them and he had them for like decades um But tips for breeding them? No, I've never bred them. In fact, in the last 10 years, I've only had them once and they were just little guys. So I don't have a ton of experience with them. I know the basics. I can keep my, I, as a kid, I used to care for them and stuff, but I've never tried to breed them or anything like that. If you're a biker breeder, would you chime in and answer the question for Globe Gaming? And Globe Gaming, um, just so you know, if you type the at symbol in Dan's Fish, no spaces or anything, just at Dan's Fish, 
it'll pop up and you can select it and this orange box will appear and I'll see it. If I don't see that orange box, I skip the uh, comment because I, I, I imagine that it's just talk among yourselves and it's not directed at me specifically if it's not colored for me. Frankie Fins had long hair then and shaved eyebrows with surfer shades. Absolutely. Oh, man. If you can see my yearbook. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Tony Erpenbeck. I thought my snails died of something else, but then saw my EBA eating a snail. Okay. So is this separate? Tony said his EBA ate a ton of ram's horn snails, but doesn't bother the other snails. Okay, so maybe that's what's going on. Um, for the person, I, it wasn't, or I said Tony, Tori. It wasn't Tori, it was someone else, I think, that was wondering about their dead snails with their EBA. So maybe, maybe they do eat them. It hasn't been my experience, but hopefully that's what's happening instead of like a big parameter problem. That would be the best case scenario. <laughs> Orange cones. Does your wife know about your affair with Pippi Longstocking? <laughs> Doesn't everyone have an affair with Pippi Longstocking? She's she's awesome. Um, there it is. Pippi Longstocking, the cheerleader version. <laughs> I mean, not quite, but that's what that emoji sticker reminds me of. Chattanooga, Ed threw down some, some cash. Thanks, Ed. I can't see it. I just see that you did, but we'll get to it. Punchy Paints. I grew up eating venison, and then one day in my 30s, I became allergic. Woo! I've been allergic ever since. Holy cow. To venison, of all things. I haven't heard of that one before. I've heard of, like, mangoes and shellfish and nuts and stuff, but... Becoming allergic to like venison. Interesting. Well, that's what do you eat, girl? You're in Wyoming. <laughs> what else is there? I guess buffalo. <laughs> the fishy mailman. The only beach I was in on in my college years was the Tigers trying to make sure they didn't blow up the bridge we were building. Good times. Oh, yeah, that sounds relaxing. Yeah. No, I. I was lucky. I went to grad school in Santa Barbara, California, and literally I could see the beach from my office window. And where I lived was, I don't know, four blocks from the beach, something like that. So, yeah, it was a good time. Michael Milliere, a new mod. Welcome, Michael. What are your plans for your basement, annex, garage, personal tanks at home, or all the fish at the warehouse? So all the fish is going to the warehouse is the plan. The only thing we might do is keep a few tanks down here in the basement and set up a corner of the basement to be a nice-looking studio so that when we film, we can do higher-quality stuff. So I don't know yet if we'll do that or if it's like, no, we want to film at the warehouse because then you guys can see the, the warehouse behind me and all the tanks and all the happenings. So if we do it here, we can control things really well and get like really high quality sound, good lighting, you know, make it look nice. 
If we do it at the warehouse, we won't have that much control. There's just not the space. It'll be busy and active and loud. And light will be bouncing around, so there'll be glare. But um, but it'll be super authentic, and it might be cool for people to just see what's going on. Like, I'll be live streaming, and every, all the fish and all the packing and everything will be happening behind me. So that might be cool, too. So I'm not sure which way to go yet. Um, what I suspect I'll probably do, though, is probably a studio down here with maybe a nice big tank and then several small tanks and i don't know when i'll get to the small tanks but when i do what i'd like to do is do some breeding from like conditioning and selection of pairs on through the whole thing until they're like you know big enough to eat flake food and and raise up so kind of the whole involved breeding and raising and rearing process as opposed to just hey look they're spawning quick little five minute video so that's what I would like to do, but that's going to take time. And I know I won't have time for the first couple of years to do, you know, a lot of breeding projects and things just because, <laughs> just because we'll be scrambling with the, the new, with the expansion. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. It will be cooler to do live streams and stuff from the warehouse, or would it be nice to have a, Part of me is like, no, I get so frustrated when I'm like, I can't control the lights, like stuff's bouncing around and there's so much glare. And when you're a bald dude, like glare is a real thing, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm leaning towards the, uh, the studio, but we'll see. Adam Fiegel, they were the A's Creek. They're not gasping in midwaters full of adults who adorf them. I think they're just scared of the adults. Oh, okay. I, I bet that will go away then with a little bit of time. I remember this one, Adam. So um, you got some female Bosmani and they're an uh, inch and a half or something like that, inch and a quarter, something like that. And they're going in with large Bosmani. So yeah, I bet they're still just a little like sketched out maybe but i don't think it'll be a problem i bet give them another week or two and they'll probably be down with the adults is my guess because rainbow fish aren't they're not gonna necessarily like beat each other up or anything like that um you know they are big enough to produce eggs at that size so if they're big adult males down there and they're trying to breed with them constantly then maybe they just go up to the top to be like okay that's enough boy <laughs> right to just get get a get a, a little space but i don't think long term it'll be a problem at all but would you keep me uh would you let us know next week in the the week after like how it's going because i like to know and make sure that it it settles out okay Chattanooga Ed throwing down five bucks and saying so many people said hi. Hi, guys. You all rock. You rock too, Ed. Hi, right back at you. Glad you're here, my friend. Frankie's Fins. I put Corridor eggs in two different tanks. One clutch of eggs went in a Zis Awkward Breeder box and another clutch in a Penplax Breeder box. Think I'm good? Setting up a 10-gallon for fry. So I don't know by brand, like each of those boxes just by like I can't picture them but the one I like is the one that pumps water from the tank into the breeder box and then it overflows out so you get constant kind of uh, 
constant water change if you're using a breeder box. If not, if it's one of the more stagnant ones that just kind of sits in the tank or something or hangs outside the tank, but there's no constant flow, then you're going to want to change the water in that thing. If you can do it three times a day, that would be great. If not, do it in the morning and do it in the evening. Um, and each time you change the water until the eggs hatch, add a little hydrogen peroxide to it. So if there's constant flow, then you're probably okay. Um, but if there's not, change that water yourself. Because the, the enemy of Corridor's eggs, one of the enemies is stagnant, gross water, right? They, they want some flow. So, Alexandria Rodriguez, I missed last week live stream. Shame, shame, shame. I wanted to let you know the Swamp Thing came through for me with four beautiful Parva rainbow fish. He said, use your method for shipping. Awesome. I'm glad that that all worked out. Um, um, yeah. And Swamp Thing, congratulations on, on cracking the shipping code. Good for you. Um, shipping fish is always, it's an, it's like anything else, right? The first time or first few times you do it, it's a learning curve, unfortunately. It, it's a skill like any other. It's like baking. The first time you try to break bread, you probably screwed it up, right? Um, but after a couple of times, it's like, oh, that's what yeast does. That's how that rises. That's how long to let it prove for. Oh, I can't put the temperature too high because then it burns the bottom. I have to let it cook slower, you know, all that stuff. Um, so I'm glad to hear that it's getting worked out. Um, especially if there's no one there, like, helping you through, like, physically there with you while you're doing it and being like, hey, here's how. Because it's, I mean, I know I've made videos about how I ship. And hopefully that's helpful, but still it's different. It's, it's like, okay, I'm filling the bag with air. How much air, how, how tight should that bag be? Right. Is it too flaccid? Is it too taut? Is there, you know, there's all these little variables. So, um, I think it's hard anytime you try to learn a new skill, especially by yourself. So glad to hear that it worked out though. Orange cones. Does your wife know about? Oh yeah, Pippi Longstocking. Stefan P twenty. I was gonna say, I can't say that. Two thousand and three. Just confirming you got my email last week. Well, if I didn't res. Oh yes, Stefan one. Yes, yes. And I tomorrow and Friday are my catch up days. I've been absolutely swamped. Um, with the normal shipping plus the Nigeria shipment that came in. And those are all wild fish. So they take a little extra care, um, make sure they get eating okay, get them fattened up and all that stuff. So yes, I did, Stephen, I, I got it. Um, or Stefan, and I will get to you tomorrow or Friday. Like, like I told you last week, give me till the end of this week, right? So I, you're still on track. Um, can't wait to add another Melanotania species to my Bosmani tank. Yep. Sounds like an awesome, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with rainbow fish. Even the ugly ones are pretty, honestly, and, and do cool stuff. Flash or have cool behaviors or whatever. Monsterfish gal, I'm just seeing this clouded archer fish are fully fresh water to Jason Westhead. Yes. So Jason, um, there are at least one and possibly two um, 
species of archer fish that are fully fresh water and don't need brackish water. And this is one of them, the clouded archer fish. The other one is the small scale archer fish, I think. I've never kept it, but that's what I've read about, that is that it is also fully fresh water. But just reading literature, you know, until I experience it or, or someone I know does, <laughs> then I'm like, maybe. So there's at least one, maybe two. Although it's, it's pretty cool. Um, there's an article that Hans George Evers wrote about fishing at Raua Biru, um, which is a location that's like a black water kind of peaty swamp. And they collected rainbow fish there and other things. But guess what else they, they collected? Archer fish. And not freshwater archer fish, but the normal banded archer fish. That The most common one we always have in the hobby. I forget its scientific name. So there is a brackish water fish, right? That is living in a soft freshwater kind of peat swamp, basically. Blackwater swamp. So, you know, it's like, it's like Jack Sparrow says in Pirates of the Caribbean that it's like, eh, the rules are more like guidelines, right? <laughs> Nature finds itself in situations where the rules are broken and has to make it work. And it, it often does. I'm not suggesting you keep um, normal banded archer fish in like soft water. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's interesting how adaptable they are. That's what I'm saying. Okay. The fishy mail, man. I think it's worth doing the merch. I find myself in a fish store and people ask if a store gets something in ever. And I don't interject with you. Could try dance fish in most stores. Okay, I got it. I got to wrap my head around this. I think it's worth doing the merch. Okay. That's thought number one, I think. I find myself in a fish store and people ask if a store gets something in ever. And I don't interject with you could try Dan's fish. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that's good etiquette. But <laughs> that you don't do that in in the store right yeah but i'm glad that you're tempted <laughs> but i'm also glad you don't yeah <laughs> that's funny <laughs> toad tamer my old banded sunfish passed away today now i have a, a sunfish hole sized sorry sized hole in my 55 gallon heart i'm sorry about that got any suggestions on a three inch fish Good with rainbows and a little current. I bet you Saks Aquaculture or Jonah's Aquarium, I think is the name of it, um, could get you another banded sunfish. That's a really cool species. Apart from that, something that's kind of similar. Um, you could go with blue acara or electric blue acara. Those are going to be in the three inch to four inch range, depending on, well, two and a half to three to four, depending on if they're male or female. Um, you could go with something like a keyhole cichlid. Won't get too big. And, and those can take, 
I mean, I'm imagining the current isn't like crazy, that there's just some flow in there. Those would be fine in that. There's lots of other cyclas that are kind of in that, that range that might be worth looking into. But I know you can get banded sunfish. So um, I would suggest Jonah's Aquarium or Saks Aquaculture if, if that's what you want to do. But, it, but if not, or if you can't find one, then a cichlid about that size, one of the peaceful community cichlids would probably be something to look at. I'd say a Bolivian ram, although they're going to hang out more on the bottom, not as much midwater, but something like that. I'm sorry to hear that your pet passed away. That's never easy. Kids Aquatics, great news. Welcome to the mod team, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Michael, and sorry, I didn't realize that would do that to you. I guess you're a mod now. More work, same pay. <laughs> Wild Discus, another fish. It's an Empire Gudgeon. Oh, I I read Peacock Gudgeon, didn't I? Well, I know. Um, so the Emperor Gudgeons, the males aren't always that nice, bright color. They're that nice, bright color when they're feeling territorial or when they're mating display or something but usually what i found is the dominant males will kind of maintain that color to maintain their dominance uh even if they aren't actively breeding or whatever so if you only have one male and one female i'm trying to remember your comment from before i i think that's right if if you had one male and one female or if you just have one male it might need some competition, so it might be a good idea to get a few more just so then you get a community and they have to talk to each other, which they do often with color changes and things like that. So if he has no need to defend a territory or display dominance because there's no competition, maybe he just won't. But I wouldn't know that. I'd, I always keep them in groups, um, pretty large groups. So I don't know what their behavior is and their color is when they're in smaller groups or alone. I've never kept them that way. And sorry I got confused. I said peacock gudgeon, didn't I? Brian Maramba. Hey, Dan's Fish. Any advice on Elisoma evergladii? Um, yeah, so the basic, most basic advice I would have on those is live food. Live food, live food, live food. Um, at first. Often they come in they're not used to anything but live food and we try to transition them too quickly and they, they lose weight because they've already gone through the stress of capture and transportation and all that, right? So my advice is when you first get them, give them live food. Once they're settled in, they've been there for a few weeks, they're fat and sassy, they're used to the aquarium, they're eating well and all that, then maybe you can try to transition them to some frozen food if you want. But I, I think the biggest mistake with those guys is not giving them the proper food at first. And it's doubtful if they'll ever eat flakes and pellets and stuff. Maybe, but it's going to be a long time. So don't try to like be like, I'm going to train the fish and I'm going to make sure it eats the food I want and not, make the, and, and not let the fish train me, right? And not with this species. They need that live food at the start. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Okay. 
<laughs> Poor wild discus and other fish saying again, it's an emperor gudgeon. <laughs> that was probably so frustrating. I'm sitting there talking about peacock gudgeons for 10 minutes. And he's like, it's an emperor. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> or lady. I, I don't know. Um, okay. It's 820. All right. We got 10 more minutes of fun here. So let me chat jumped as it always does. So let me scroll up here. There we go. Um, Susan from SLC Aquatics. Hey, fish fam mom. Good to see you. Heart right back at you. RB Animals Rescue. I'm allergic to shellfish, orange, and pine tree. Woo! You can't go nowhere if you're allergic to pine trees. That's no good. I'm sorry to hear that. Frankie Finn's multi-tank syndrome always wins. Multiple tank syndrome always wins. Yes, MTS is real and there is no cure except for three times the tanks. <laughs> the biker aquarist, what's the most expensive fish you've ever owned? I know probably the Congo spotted puffers retail around 200 bucks. Um, I Most of my hobby, I've been intrigued with small peaceful community fish so there's very few of those that are super super expensive um most of the really expensive fish are like monster fish like i don't know like a platinum biker or bashir or uh, you know something like that um whereas the small community fish that are peaceful and and all that they're they're usually not super expensive so I'm going to go with that or maybe some of the plecos, some of the L number plecos can get up there once they grow up. But Congo Spotted Puffer is what I'm going with. Dragon Layer, you'll have to do fun Friday live streams at the warehouse like Mike at Imperial Tropicals does. Yeah. I do every now and then catch one of Mike's live streams and I like the guy. I think he's someone who's, even though he's competition, I, you know, I, I still think it's worth a shout out. I, I think he's doing a good job. I like what Mike does. Adam, and, and I've never bought fish from Imperial Tropical, so I have no direct experience, but just from hearing him talk and being on his live streams and, and seeing how he does stuff, I think he's one of the good ones. Adam Fiegel, I'll keep you posted. Other than that, strange behavior, they're great eating and pooping just fine. Okay. Thanks, Adam. Frankie Fins, one breeder box does get the flow, the other doesn't. So I'll take your advice and apply it. Does the hydrogen peroxide affect the rest of the tank since the boxes are in the tank that have fish? Ooh. If they're sharing water with the tank, that might be difficult. So here's maybe an experiment to, to try. If the one has flow, keep those in there. Let it flow. Let it flow. Um, and then the other one, if it's not a standalone thing, if it shares water with the aquarium, maybe as an experiment, it would be worth taking it out and putting it in like a little shoe box or something where you can change the water frequently and try the hydrogen peroxide. So the one in the tank with flow through, no hydrogen peroxide, just flow. The other one, standalone, change the water you know, two to three times a day with hydrogen peroxide. Just see which 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 method uh, works best for you. The reason I don't like the little breeder boxes that don't have active 
flow pumping into them and overflowing out is they get stagnant. Depending on the model you have, they can have little holes in them or little slits or, or they can be a net even. And so you think there's plenty of exchange, but it's very limited. Even with a, a fine mesh net, it can be very limited. So they just don't get as much water flow and oxygen and things as you want. And because of that, they get stagnant and you, you start to have some problems in my experience. The, the flow-through ones, though, I think are pretty great. Rick Bunn, the orange lemon tetras I got from you a, free, a few weeks ago are coloring up nicely. Finally starting to see the contrast with the normal lemons, lemons they are with. Yeah, and it'll get, as they get bigger, once they're, once they kind of reach their adult size, you're going to, oh, they're going to, they're awesome. They're awesome. Orange body, some bright reds and things on them, on the fins. Um, I really like that little fish. And I'm glad to hear they're doing well. Oh, Stephen. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Stephen. I called it Stefan. And forgive me if I do in the future, too. I'll try. But there's a lot of names to remember around here. Stephen. All right. It's Stephen, not Stefan. I, I, I've known people that have had both. So... <laughs> Frankie Fins, I appreciate the knowledge, my man. Well, I hope it's helpful. And uh, I think it's knowledge, although there's been things that I've thought were true for years and then got new information was like, oh, man, I've been telling people wrong for 10 years and I didn't know it. Like the more I learn, the more the more I the more, you know, the more, you know, you don't know. Right. So hopefully it's useful. And just forgive me if I'm ever give misinformation. I try really hard not to. But I'm sure I slip up every now and then. Globe Gaming just set up my second tank, a 10-gallon. Was thinking of putting three or four pea puffers in with some plants. Would that work or is it too small of a tank? I think that would work, especially if it's uh, planted in such a way that there's line of sight blocks and, and plenty of stuff for them to not always see each other. Like one can be in this area and one can be in this area and another one here and they aren't necessarily in a bear tank just going at it all the time, right? So <clears throat> I think that would work. Kezakorex posting my fish store on Get Gills. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. That is how we make our living. So if you're looking to get some aquarium fish, why not give dancefish.com a look-see? If there's something there you like, great. If not, no problem. And if you have a good local mom and pop fish store, you know, help them out too. They if they're good then let's, let's keep those guys around. That's important too. Is it AI or Al? I think it's AI. I have a 75 gallon tank, FX4 filter, water parameters, test okay constantly. Should I still do weekly or bi-weekly water changes? Over 50 fish in it, rainbows, quarries, and pistols, etc. Um, <clears throat> my take on that is yes and no. Um, you could say no because you're like, well, I test the parameters, they're fine, so why should I change it? Nature doesn't change it. The reason I would still change it, though, is for the same reasons that I talked about in my uh, video that I did, I think, last week about changing, maintaining filters. We hear constantly when we talk about filtration about ammonia, nitrite, and nitrate, right? Is the nitrogenous waste being managed? 
And we assume that if it is, then we're fine. The environment's fine. What we're forgetting, though, in that situation is that what creates the ammonia in the first place? It's the decomposition of organic material, right? Poop, food, all kinds of stuff, rotting plants, just anything that's decomposing. Well, what decomposes it? Bacteria, protozoans, tiny little nematodes, stuff like that. So it isn't that a fish poops or a a piece of food rots in a sterile environment. The reason it decomposes is little organisms are eating it and decomposing it, and that creates the ammonia. And we're like, oh, but the ammonia is fine. It's been converted to nitrite and nitrate, and um, ammonia reads at zero, nitrite reads at zero, and nitrates are in a, a, a zone that's fine, so why should I change the water? The reason I think you should still change water, and I know not everyone agrees with this, but the reason I think you should is because even though the ammonia has been managed, the population of microbes is not being managed. So if you have a tank with a lot of fish in it, there's creating a lot of waste and there's a lot of decaying material in there, which is supporting a large population of bacteria and protozoans and nematodes and other things. Now, often that's not a problem, but if the fish's immune system is strong in things, to a point, that's not a problem. But what happens is, if there's enough organic material in there that builds up in the populations of these microbes explode because there's so much food available to them, the population can get so large that it will infect your fish and cause disease, even though nitrogenous waste is being managed. So even though ammonia and nitrite are not an issue because the bacteria are converting it, the critters that are creating the ammonia in the first place might be booming. So fish can withstand a lot of things and a healthy fish's immune system will withstand a lot of that. But if those populations get big enough, they'll overwhelm the fish's immune system. And then you can get protozoan outbreaks and stuff like that, disease basically in your fish. Well, why? It's cycled. It's mature. There's no ammonia. There's no nitrogen. Yeah, that's true. But you have a ton of microbes in there and they just overwhelm the fish. Or maybe it's you don't have a ton. Maybe you just have a lot like any natural environment would have and everything's going fine. But then something happens that stresses the fish out. Uh, I don't know. A heater goes off and the temperature drops a little bit or the city change. No, that wouldn't because you're not doing water changes. But something changes, right? Someone starts feeling aggressive and starts bullying the other fish a little bit. And the fish get a little stressed, their immune system gets a little compromised, and now this tank, which has been good for a long time, suddenly the fish are getting sick because they can't combat all those little protozoans and other microbes that are in there. So, for example, I know I'm going a little over, but I think this is important. We'll do the giveaway in just a second after I finish this thought. For example, um, columnaris and aramonis are present in every aquarium. Ick is pretty much present in every aquarium. There's, there's all these organisms that cause disease that are present in our, I don't know about Ick so much, but Aramonis, Colmenaris, things like that. They're living on decaying waste and stuff like that. Um, now, I'm not a vet. <laughs> so I don't know the exact life cycle and food sources for Colmenaris and Aramonis, but I do know 
that they're present in pretty much every freshwater aquarium, even if they're not causing a problem, right? So it's the same with these little protozoans and stuff and the bacteria breaking all this stuff down. Ammonia, columnaris, different, different things. They're there, everything's in balance, it's not a problem. But if their population explodes, because there's so much organic waste being produced and building up that there's so much food that they're just yum, right? Boom, lots of babies. Um, you can have a real problem. So it is about controlling ammonia and nitrite and nitrate a little bit, balancing an aquarium, but it's also about keeping all the mic, keeping the organic decomposing organics in the tank limited to such an extent that you don't get an overpopulation of microbes that can make your fish sick. Does that make sense? It's not only about ammonia. It's also about disease. Okay. So that's my thoughts on that. And I know other people disagree and that's fine. And if, if that works for you and you've done that forever, that's fine. Like I'm not saying everyone should do this, but that's my take on it is that we only talk about ammonia and nitrogen, basically nitrogenous waste management. We don't always think about disease management and the diseases that are in your tank. The organisms that cause the diseases are in your tank. So if we water vac or gravel vac or whatever and, and suck up, clean our filters, you know, get, get that, get the organics out, we have much less of a chance of their populations booming and our fish getting sick. Okay. With that, let's move on. Hey, Globe Gaming threw down 10 bucks at me. Thanks for the $10. I appreciate it. Always appreciate it. Never required, but it does help when money falls from the sky. I think we're going to um, do the giveaway because we haven't done that yet. So this is for, I'll send you six rosy tetras. How many people are in here? Just curious. 231. Yeah, we better do this and let you guys get over to Punchy Paints if she's going tonight. The winner is Stephanie Dominguez. Stephanie, you have won. You've got a minute and a half to ch chime in. Sorry, my voice. Okay. You have won six rosy Tetris if you chime in and let us know that you're here. So just leave a comment so we know you're here. Um, and yeah, then, then I'll tell you how to claim your winnings. I do want to talk. I, I see some people here about being like, Oh man, I'm going to change my water. If you haven't changed water in a long time, take it slow. <clears throat> like if you, if you change 30% every week or two and you've been doing that forever, no problem. But if you're like, I haven't changed the water in four months. I wouldn't recommend going and doing like a 50% water change, right? Do like 10 or 15 if you want, and then wait a week or two, do another 10 or 15 and gradually do that. Just don't, don't shock that aquarium system. It's an ecosystem. It's easily shocked. Um, and, and I'm not trying to scare anyone into doing it my way, but that's just my thoughts about it. Stephanie Dominguez is here. Awesome. Stephanie, you have won. If you would email me, dan at dancefish.com, let me know your first and last name and your mailing address, then I will send the Rosie Tetris to you next week. Probably um, send them out on Monday or Wednesday so they would arrive to you on Tuesday or Thursday, and I'll get with you about that. Um, all right. That wraps things up. 
Thanks, everybody. Thanks for my mods for doing what they do. Welcome, Michael Melier. <laughs> I keep saying Meliere. Sorry. I know it's Meliere. Um, to, to Mod Town. Who knew? But congrats. Welcome. Um, thanks, everyone that left a super chat. It's always appreciated. It's never required, but every little bit does help as we try to grow this and expand this. So I thank you. Um, everyone that left a question or comment to make this lively, I appreciate it. That's what makes this fun. All hail the Lurker Nation. And if you're watching on the replay, I hope one day you can make it live, but I get it. I get the life's busy. Until next time, I hope you have a good one. I'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, and we will talk. I'll tell you in detail what we have with the Nigerian order. All right. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.